to the House of Minds, a podcast experience where we dive into individuals' journeys and mindsets with the intention and potential to bring you keys to unlock and expand your mind into new realities and possibilities, because we can all learn something from everyone. All you must bring is a desire to learn, an open mind, and the trust that the universe is always working for you. What will the House of Minds bring you today? We are live. Welcome everybody to another episode of House of Minds. My name is Christina Lynn, and today we'll be speaking with Sharon Rose, who's an intuitive guide, teacher, and entrepreneur local here in Phoenix, Arizona. She's on a mission to help folks find, cultivate, and maintain a deeper connection with themselves, which leads to living their best, most vibrant life. And that is what we'll be diving into today, all about intuition. Thank you so much, Sharon Rose, for agreeing to come on and speak. And I'm really excited for this episode. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. My pleasure. Yay. And a little bit of background before we dive in. I had met Sharon through a discussion at um, Sweeha, another mutual friend that we are both in contact with and is also an intuitive guide. Nicole Caldwell, I also did an episode with her, had mentioned that there was a intuitive discussion, intuitive um, presentation going on at Sweeha. And like, I knew this is me following my intuition. I was like, I know that I have to be at this talk, that it's going to be powerful. And it totally was. So I love that we met that way because it was me following my intuition. (laughs) I love that. I love that. It was awesome. All right. If you would please, um, or wouldn't mind leading us into like a one to two minute mindfulness presence practice, just to bring us into full presence, please. I would love to. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. So I'm going to invite you to go ahead, close your eyes. And for all of our listeners, to find a nice, comfortable seat. If you're sitting in a chair, bringing the feet flat onto the earth or the floor, sitting up nice and straight, stacking your shoulders over your hips and your head over your shoulders so that you have a straight line of energy from your crown to your root. Nice flow for your prana, your life force to move through. Just allow yourself to come into silence. any noises that are happening around you become part of your experience and begin to quiet. And as the silence begins to still all of your energy, feel it, see it returning into your body. And anything that does not serve you, is not meant for you, or can be left until the end of this discussion just falls away for you to pick up later. Slowly bringing awareness towards the breath, noticing any visuals that arise along the way as you draw your awareness to the inside, 
noticing the rise and the fall of the chest with each inhale and exhale. Allowing the breath to become the single pointed focus. Inhale, I know I am breathing in. Exhale, I know I am breathing out. Continuing this cycle, keeping your awareness on the breath as you intentionally send your life force down to the root, the base of the spine, the tailbone. Bring your awareness now to this space, intentionally breathing life, grounding you, rooting you into your body. Maybe you see colors, maybe it's red, a deep red, a vibrant red. Perhaps you can begin to feel the energy swirling. Maybe you hear the sounds of the environment that grounds you the most. Just tuning in, allowing yourself with each breath to be more and more grounded in the present moment. Just witnessing and noticing. On your next inhale, drawing your energy up into the heart center and taking a moment just of gratitude to say thank you to this body, to your breath, to this moment, to this practice of stillness and of being. Letting out a deep breath and when you're ready, slowly coming back and allowing the eyes to open remaining deeply rooted and connected to your own body and to Mother Earth. Thank you, that was wonderful. Thank you, yes, I needed that too, thank you. <laughs> right, fully presence, bring the presence in. Uh, so that is a beautiful example right there of a way to ground, yes? Yes. <laughs> yeah. oh, I and grounding is something that's really important for our intuition. Yes, <laughs> very much so. Very much so. In order to really know your intuition, you have to ground down into yourself so you can discern what is your intuition versus the ego or somebody else telling you something about yourself. Yeah. So yes, grounding. That's how I start every morning. Love it. Um, let's talk more about on that topic, leading right into it. Those other things, the outside voices, the egos, what are some of those things and how do they come about that could be keeping us for our from our intuition, especially for listeners who might just be learning about the intuitive process, what it is, and are seeking answers. Um, how does all that stuff happen that blocks our intuition? Totally. Okay. So that's such a good question. And one thing I want to establish before we go into that is because this is how you tell the difference between intuition versus ego or an outside source that you may be listening to is that understanding and acknowledging that your intuition only ever wants what's best for you is going to help you to be like, is this my intuition? Is this really what's best for me? 
And in your heart of hearts, like, you know, what's best for you and your intuition is nudging you. It's that spirit coming through and nudging you towards that. But what happens is, is sometimes what our intuition is telling us, like maybe leave that relationship or apply for that, you know, higher paying job is scary or hard or feels like, you know, but I love this person. So I don't want to break up, but it's like your intuition is going to tell you what really is best for you. Right. And we all know that. Right. And we talk ourselves out of doing what our intuition tells us. Right. And that brings us back to like how we get severed and stuff. So just know that first and foremost, your intuition only ever wants what's best for you. So it's only nudging you towards the things that are going to support you living your most vibrant life. Mm. That sometimes means making hard choices and doing hard things. So how we get severed and how we start to distrust that nudging intuition is usually, I mean, there's a million different ways it can happen. I'm not like, and, and this is what makes it such a personal practice and a personal understanding is that everyone has an intuition. We're all born with the ability to use our senses. Cause that's really what the clairs are. The clairvoyance, clairsentience, all those things is it's, it's an attuned activation of our senses so that we can pick up, not just what's right in front of us, like the sound of a clap, but we can feel the vibrations in our fingers. And, you know, when you're at a concert and everyone's clapping, like, why does everyone intuitively clap at the same time? It's the vibration from the music, the vibration of your bodies. And it, you know, so there are a million ways that we get disconnected from these things. So it could be that, uh, your parents raised you in a society and a culture that told you to cut yourself off from your intuition. Uh, you know, what are some examples of those? Well, so like religion with like, that was mine. Right. So I was raised Catholic, went to Catholic school, did the whole thing. I'm very blessed that my parents took me out of Catholic school and put me in public school in the sixth grade, because it really, I was able to like, I mean, that set me on my path 100%. But so going to Catholic school, it's like you, I was not supposed to listen to my body or to the voice in my head or to myself at all. I was supposed to listen to the nuns and listen to the teachers and listen to the priests and listen to God. And like, so I never, I was never given the sovereignty and the ability to trust myself and to love myself and to learn from myself. Um, so religion does that to a lot of people, um, and different religions. It's not one religion. There's, there's some of it in all of it. And like with that, it's not that religions are bad or anything like that, but it, it's not one size fits all. And so when people who are very highly intuitive are put into cultural experiences by our parents or whoever that say, this is how you have to be, that goes against who we are, we get sick and we get hurt, hurt and harmed um, because we don't know how to trust ourselves. Being in those spaces really works for some people. And that's cool. Like I'm not here to judge cast stones. So it's like just understanding that if it's not for you, that as if you're an adult, you have the option to look at why it's not for you or why it's not working. And listen, um, listen to yourself. Exactly. And listen to yourself. <laughs> like, right. So religion would be one school's another school tells us to do one thing, but it might be against our intuition. Like I know that I have a story with that. And I know many other women do from being in grade school. Um, and you know, there was this new math problem and our teacher was like, okay, who thinks they can like learn and like teach themselves how to do this. And me and one other kid in the class raised our hand. And I was like, I want to try. Like in my mind, I was like, Oh, I, well, I want to try to see if I can figure it out. That's fun and exciting. I'm a Sagittarius. I want to figure it out for myself first. So it's like, I was super excited. And then I got punished for that. 
And we were taught that we have to have a teacher to teach us. And without a teacher, there's no way for us to learn. And so what that did was that, again, cut me off from thinking that I could trust myself and that I always needed someone else to tell me what to do. An outside like, authority. Outside authority. I needed someone else to tell me what I could and could not do. Right. So that was another thing. So it comes from school. It comes from parents. Like I know, I know that I grew up in a family where it was like, do what you're told. Right. We were never, I, I, not that we were never, I want to take that back. I love my family. I was raised very well, super lucky, super blessed, super privileged. Uh, and I'm really grateful for it, but there were definitely, and there are definitely ways in which like, it would be like, make your bed. And it's like, help me. I'm a person who I'm like, help me to understand why it's important for me to make my bed. But no one wants to explain that to a kid. No one wants to say to a kid, it's because when the first thing you do in the morning is something productive that sends a dopamine out in your brain is like, look what I did. I did this successful thing. First thing in the morning, like then I would have made my bed every day because it feels good. But I didn't know why I was doing it. I was just being told. And then it annoyed me. So I didn't trust myself. And, you know, it just spirals out from there. So it's like all these little things disconnect us from our truth from the time we're this big. Right. Yeah. And our parents are doing the best they can ever, you know, we're all doing the best we can with the, most of us are doing the best we can with the information we have, but, you know, disconnection can come from liking the kid at school, right? Like you like that little kid at school and then you find out that, oh, well, they like you if they're mean to you. So now you think you really like this person, but it turns out that they're just being mean to you but you were told that that's what boys do when they like you. And it's like, as an adult, I'm like, why would we teach this to children? All the outside information that's all this. Yeah. (laughs) And it comes from every direction and every angle, friends, family, like growing up, you should be a model when you grow up, you should do this when you grow up. And it's like, okay. But then I don't actually, those are, none of those things are realistic for who I am. That's just everybody putting stuff on you. And so it's confusing for a child. It's confusing. And so a lot of this does happen in childhood. And then we, as adults, you know, especially those who enter into like the healing journey or find ourselves on a healing journey in this specific type of healing way, that is like more of the natural well-being path, um, the holistic path, um, you know, it's a lot of us find ourselves here because we don't trust ourselves Mm -hmm. and the people we go to, to trust don't provide us with the authenticity and the truth that we need. And so we seek out other people who are like, what's going on with you. And like, we just talk about our stuff and that's how we learn to, to heal. And that's how we learn to become authentic and our, learn our intuition again. It's always there. You always have access to it. And that's what a lot of the healing journey is, is going back. And, you know, I didn't realize where my intuition really got severed until I finished my healing, right? Like when I hit that last leg of my healing journey in 2019, that's when I was like, oh, you, you, this thing did that. And I had, and that became two years of healing that specific thing. That's why they say it's a journey and there's layers and there's many layers to it. Would you agree that it sounds like in the process of rediscovering your intuition, it's building an awareness. So an awareness that starts internally, and then we might see it externally as well. But overall, we need a presence and awareness throughout the journey. And it starts to expand and grow bigger and bigger as you dive and peel back 
the layers um, until you get to that point. It sounds almost like like a tipping point where you you start to lean into trust and or for you, it sounds like it was this a major event that, oh, wow, okay, now I see and I understand clearly and there's no going back. Right. So I think with the awareness thing, like, yes, like we all have an aware and like, (laughs) how do I say this? Everyone is always aware of something. So like that, that growing awareness, like, I love that because everyone is always asleep in one way and everyone is always awake in another way. And so when you find people who you just are awake in the same ways or asleep in the same ways, you tend to vibe with those people. Right. And so it's like, for those of us who are on the healing journey, it's like all of a sudden we had this awareness of something like for me, it started when I started practicing yoga, like starting practicing yoga actually led me into the darkest depression that I had ever been in. That was the catalyst for me to move across the country and change my life. Mm. Right. So it was like the, the journey. Yes. It's not always love, light and butterfly. Sometimes it's that healing. Like, cause what yoga did was like crack me open. Um, and to see all these, like, I became aware, like you said, of all these different perspectives. And so you do have to be aware of like, what's going on inside of you and what's going on outside of you. Like it's all integrated. Yeah. So there's no way to have an internal awareness to not also then see how it's applying out in your life. So when I was in, started practicing asana and like really had like my, just everything open. And I was like, oh, I don't have to just grind in this career that I have degrees in, because that's like what I was told. What I was told. That's a false belief. What? (laughs) There's other things you can do. What? I thought you paid richly for it. (laughs) Exactly. Like exactly. Right. I didn't think about the richly part back then. That was like 13 years ago. But like now I'm like, yes, you can have all the riches in the world, but it comes, it is a journey. And it it truly is, is like you, I'm not going to say everyone, but I didn't know what really was the root cause of all my pain and trauma until I was on my healing journey for 10 years. And once I had that great awareness and expressed it and got it out, it was two years until I was in this void of like, who am I? How did I get here? What has happened? Because nothing of the past 14 year journey affects me. It doesn't have that hold on me. I've gone through the fears and the beliefs and all of that kind of stuff to get to this present moment of just, oh, I get to create. And that's a very scary space to be because you have to listen to your intuition in this space, right? And your intuition has always been with you. It's just when you start really paying attention to it and you don't have to even be on a healing journey to pay attention to it. Because if you're listening to this, you know, when you're not listening to your intuition, when your intuition says, Hey, take this route home from work. And you don't, because you're like, but this way is faster. And then you hit three hours of traffic because of road construction. And the other way would have been faster. That's you not listening to your intuition and then causing yourself to suffer. When we don't listen to our intuition, we cause our own suffering. Yeah. Yeah. And along that intuition doesn't always go with logic or with reason, which is backwards of what we've been taught and backwards of what a lot of the outside world says where, well, that doesn't make sense. Well, it has to be logical. Well, there has to be structure to it. And intuition is actually the exact opposite. Granted, I believe there's still structure within the intuition Absolutely, it's your own individual structure <laughs> yeah just stop questioning it um I wanted to bring up another point with the diving into the depression during um, your journey and when you were in the yoga and building your awareness 
I almost feel like it's this beautiful synchrony. And this is my perspective of peeling back the layers. Again, you're allowing yourself to feel you're waking up. So naturally all of these feelings are going to arise. And that's the journey as well of going through those feelings and perspectives and thoughts and kind of digging in that space of like, wait, whoa, is this mine? This isn't mine. Why do I feel this way? Oh my gosh, this is the belief that I have. And like, I see why it's there from this incident and great. I get to shed it. Um, but a lot of times it isn't it like, that's why it is. You have to go through the darkness to get to the light because it's not always going to feel good. And sometimes it feels really shitty. Yeah. 100%. Oh, I'm a big, big fan of talking about the dark night of the soul and going through purgatory and like going through that because you, cause here's what happens is like, you can get caught up in the light so much that you become your own shadow. And there's a lot of people in the spiritual world who, who operate in that space. And it's like love and light and love and light. And it's like, okay. And the, like that light, just so you know, casts a shadow all over the world. So what is the shadow that you're casting? Right. And that's where a lot of us have to go into. It's like, okay, so I'm stepping into my light. Also, what is the shadow that I'm casting by stepping into my light? Because that's going to show you how you affect the people around you positively and negatively Mm -hmm. on both sides of it. And so like the shadow work doesn't end ever for anybody. We're always casting a shadow. Therefore we always have a shadow to be looking at. And here's the thing is like, sometimes that shadow, like when like what you're talking about, that deep depression, that dark night of the soul, that was like healing, healing darkness, healing in that space where like I had to dive head first. That was my first, um, like my first rodeo in the dark night. Um, and someone, Oh God, I forgot who said this, but they said, I think it was one of my students in one of my, a few years ago who said, every time you go through a dark night of the soul, you get a new dark night to protect you on your next journey Ooh. through the dark night. And I thought that's powerful. Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah. So when he said that, I was like, yes. So I realized that I had gained a guardian the first time I went through that depression because I went in it and it was so dark. And then I was like, not in a good space. And I heard this voice just say, get up. You've got work to do. It was a strong feminine voice. It was my voice. I know that now right? Like these letters we write to our past selves mean something, everybody, because I know that I have written what I heard down, but like, didn't realize it until I was able to come out and heal that piece of it, if that makes sense. So it really is all connected. It's wild. Um, but yeah, that darkness, like I had to go through that so that I could get out of that career. Right. Because that's what was like triggering it was realizing, oh, I don't have to just grind. I don't have to do this job because it's what I did. So that first dark night of the soul was learning that because everything in my life has been focused on career mostly, um, was breaking out of that framework that I had been programmed into. Yeah. The cat, it was a catalyst, the cycle. Exactly. Along with that note. So it feels, it sounds like that's another key that you're ignoring your intuition is those those feelings, um, feeling sick, not feeling good, not feeling like yourself. What are some other indications as far as those feelings of like, this is not, I'm not living in my intuition. I'm not living in my life. Is it as simple as life isn't going to feel good? 
I want to say yes, but no, it's never as simple as it's we want to simple, be. right? Um, you know, science that like you're not living in your intuition is depression and anxiety. Um, and, and we have to understand the feeling in our body of anxiety is a very specific feeling. Like, like a lot of people feel nervous and call it anxiety. And those are two very, very different things. And for people with like severe anxiety, like I used to have, um, I didn't want to take medication that was offered to me. I said, no, thank you. I'm going to figure this out first, like, because I want to figure things out for myself first. And that just happened to be the right path for me. And it may not be for other people. So I just want to make that clear. Like, that's totally cool. If that's your path. Um, so something that could trigger it is that you're, you have like really high anxiety, really deep depression. Um, but depression that isn't caused by a chemical imbalance in your head, right? It's depression that's caused by the lifestyle and the life that you're living that is inauthentic to the, who you want to be and who maybe you were born to be. If you believe that we have these destinies we were born into, right? So it's like, if you can understand that, what is causing you to be sad? If you want to understand why you're sad, it, it's internal, but it's also external. So if you're constantly going around saying, I hate my job, I hate my job, I hate my job, well, then why are you at that job? Oh, you're going to come up now. Your intuition says, we'll get another job, but here come the fears, right? So then you keep not listening to your intuition because the, I don't have enough money. I don't have enough time. I don't know how to write a resume. I don't know. I don't have any connections. I don't all know the how justifications to justifications that, that all of in your story. Start. Yeah. So that's like a big way to notice, like, like, are you just doing things on autopilot? Are you doing things you don't want to be doing because your excuses and you're letting the excuses get in the way. And here's the thing is I know people will be like, Oh, I've got five kids and I've got this and I've got that. And yes, 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 yes. All of that. And you can still live the life that you desire if you're willing to put in the work, because there's no timeline on how this work happens. It's going to be as committed as you are. And here's the thing is like, you'll hit roadblocks and you'll get stagnant and you'll be like, what? And that's you, this is where the willpower and just can, if you continue to follow your intuition, the momentum and the willpower will come. Yeah. Where there's, there's a will, there's a way. And along that, it sounds like it's almost a journey to, it is a journey of learning to trust and in those moments of, oh my God, I don't see an answer or I don't know how this is possible, but I feel that this is the right path for me. That is an indication of I, you need to lean into the trust and almost let go of those stories that are holding you back and trust that it, it will work out. And the more you can learn to lean into that trust the more it, it, the path just like diverges for you. It's still not going to be easy. It's not like all of a sudden this golden um, path or this golden light just shines. However, if you continue to show up and put the work in and take the action, the steps, the universe will meet you there. Yeah. And here's how I would like to invite people into doing that, because all of this is based on taking action. Like your intuition is always going to talk to you. It's up to you on what action you're going to take. And I love that you keep bringing up trust and faith because those are my best friends. Like trust and faith are my two best friends. I have to, I have to have a relationship with trust and I have to believe in my faith. And so with, I want to invite people to think about you're building a relationship of trust with your future self with your true self, with your authentic self, right? So people say all the time, like be your most authentic self. Well, how the hell do you do that? Sorry, pardon my language, but like, how, 
how do I be my most you authentic? Whatever self? you want on my podcast. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Cause I cuss a lot. Um, but so, you know, how you be your most authentic self is by doing the things that are in alignment with your authentic self. And at first it doesn't feel that way. And at first it's dark and it's messy and it's the healing journey. And da, da, da. But eventually you get to the point where you're healed and you trust your intuition and you can just be in life. And it's not about being on the healing journey or being a spiritual person. Like I'm an extremely spiritual person. I've got my spiritual practices, but what spiritual is for me is connecting to my true spirit and living authentically in her light. Right. So for me, my spirits are her in this body, in this lifetime. So it's like, I'm following her guidance, my guidance, whatever it's making me happy. It's building connections. It's building. When I was not doing this, I was miserable. I was depressed. I was doing things that were hurting me, harming me physically, mentally, spiritually, all these different things. So by, if you want to do all the things, do the healing, do it's about, this is it. This is brass tax. You have to take the action that builds the trust with yourself, your higher self, your intuition, Yeah. right? The intuition is the guidance. The action that you choose to take in that moment of guidance is what's going to lead you down the path, whichever path you decide to take. And the thing is, is once we can look at, okay, well, what are those possibilities? Then you can make a really well-informed, even logistical decision Structure. choice that is best for you. And then faith, faith is where we just have, you know, we walk in faith. I have faith that everything is always going to work out. So everything always works out because that's my most grounded badass belief is that everything's going to work out period. And, and I like, and because of that, even when things don't work out in quotation marks, I know they're working out. I know that thing wasn't for me. That person wasn't for me. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I can be okay with that. You have but the, because the, I've done this, the confidence and the trust. And yeah, it is, it is a process. So tell us more about how do you begin to uncover those authentic parts of yourself, cultivate the relationship with your intuition and also trust. And we might need to break those down. I can review those again, but <laughs> totally. Okay. So let's start with say them, just say all three of them one more time. Uh, so authentic, what's authentic with you build your connection with your intuition, like build that relationship. And then also the, the trust, the spiritual Beautiful. portion of it. Love it. Okay. So how to recognize who your authentic self is. Well, first of all, you're an onion and there's a lot of layers, right? So what you have to start doing is right now, make the devotion that you are going to listen to your intuition and you are going to do the thing that is right for you. You're going to have that hard conversation with your parents. You're going to have that hard conversation with your boss not necessarily quitting, but maybe something's happening and you just need to have an authentic conversation. You need to have that authentic conversation or with yourself and with yourself first. Yeah. With yourself. Hey, you know what? I actually really don't like the way my boss talks to me at work. This is all hypothetical, by the way. I love my everything in my life. <laughs> um, and I created it that way. So I'm going to teach yes. you how to do that. <laughs> okay. And this is step one is getting really true and authentic with yourself about what's working and what's not working in your life. Because if you are saying something is working in your life, 
okay, great. So this is working. I'm going to continue doing this thing, right? So if you say something's not working in your life, now you look at, okay, in what ways is this not working in my life? In what ways is this working in my life? Because, you know, I'm a big proponent of working things out and seeing like, not just abandoning ship at first, but like we're interpersonal beings. We have other people. So anytime you're doing something that involves other people, they're, it would be considerate to have an awareness of how your action is going to affect other people and then make your choice of decision confidently so that you can stand your ground and have that boundary with whatever's happening and with whatever's going on. So it is, you have to look at first authentically to yourself, where am I lying to myself? Because that's what, if you're inauthentic, that's what you're doing. You're being inauthentic. You're lying to yourself in some way. And then therefore you're lying to other people. Right. And self away as well. Right. And then you keep yourself separate Mm -hmm. or you fake it. Right. And no one wants to fake it. And And so we have to understand like, exactly. Yeah. So we have to understand like, what is this for ourselves? So you have that discussion for yourself, like, and you can make a list of this, like where in my life am I being inauthentic? Where in my life am I authentic? And then you'll work on that stuff first and you'll peel that layer back. And then maybe you go into a dark night of the soul, or maybe you're at the top and you're at the height, but guess what? It doesn't matter either way. You're either going to come back up or you're going to go down at some point. That's how elevators work. That's how the flow of life works. This is how it goes. Infinity symbol, people up and down, always happening. So even like right now, it's like, I'm at a high in my life. I just went through this huge healing Mm -hmm. and I healed the root cause of all of my pain, right? Like, so that took 14 years to get there though. So when I started my healing journey, it started with getting me out of a career that wasn't serving me. Then it was getting me out of a relationship that wasn't serving me. Then it was getting into a relationship with the person I have never, I've never been more connected. I'm pretty sure we're twin flames. I, I know we are, but that's fine. (laughs) We're going to, I don't want to talk about that. So it's just, we're, you know, then that triggered, but it feels good, right? No, it's well, it feels good now when we first got together though, that our union, and this is why I believe we're two in flames triggered the, the matrilineal healing of my womb space, of my body, of my trauma, so that I could really, I don't hold my mom's stories. I don't hold my grandmother's stories. I don't. So all of the healing that I did from 14 years ago to now was to get me to the point where I could heal my rape and the matrilineal generational curses of my family. And now that I have done that, and when I say like, you can be complete in your healing with a period at the end. And I really want people to understand that that has always been my goal. Once I realized I was on a healing journey, which I didn't realize at first, I didn't realize that until four years into my healing journey. Cause at first I thought, oh, I'm just going to fix my life and everything's going to be cool. But as I kept going, I kept realizing all these things. And then 2020 end of 2020 happened. And I was like, Oh, it's gone. Like all of that stuff is gone. And when I healed it, my whole family moved around me. I've got now two of my sisters, my nephew, my brother-in-law and my mom all living within an hour and 20 minutes from me, which has not been that way since 2007. Wow. So like shifts, shifts, it happens. And now we get to 
be together and learn together. And there will be healing. Of course, there's going to be healing in the sister line now that happens, but we all get to do it from this place of truth and authenticity because I've got nothing to hide. I left my family because I had so much to hide and I didn't trust myself and I didn't trust them because I couldn't understand how they couldn't see everything that was wrong. And I wasn't authentic enough and I was too scared. Right. So now when you heal, everything comes full circle. And this confidence that you talk about, it's all from just following my heart and following my intuition and doing scary stuff mm-hmm. and in going the name of not being miserable. <laughs> and it would well, sounds like also, because that confidence comes from yourself, you're grounded within yourself. You know who you are, you know, your yeses, your nos, you know, everything about yourself. So then like the outside doesn't, it almost doesn't really matter in a way it does, but it doesn't because you're only, you're only counting on yourself to make the shifts. Nothing outside of you needs to shift. It's always back to you. Right. And part of that is that I also know that I don't know what I don't know. And I know what I know and I know what I don't know. And, and I know that I don't know everything. And so it's like, when, when I realize that like, oh, I don't know what I don't know, like that's a freedom in that. And so there's like, there's, there's levels to knowing as well. And it's important, like you're and and it's important to understand that you don't know what you don't know because your intuition, there's ethics to intuition. That's a really, really important thing. There are ethics to how your intuition can be used in a professional and personal manner. So our intuition, you know, especially those of us who are empaths and can pick up on other people's vibes and other people's energies. And we hear things and we see things and we know things just because we know things we smell. And all of a sudden it's like, you smell your great aunt Lucy because you smell her perfume or something like that's all intuition and clairvoyance and, um, activation of the senses. But when you know that you don't know what you don't know, you realize that you can't use your intuition to understand culture or society or anything that's really happening outside of your little tiny framework of people. And that's an important thing to do. It's an important thing not to do, to understand and to acknowledge that like my intuition is not going to tell me what's best for someone who lives in Europe. And my intuition is not going to tell me what's best for someone who, who I've never met who lives three blocks away from me. And that is really important because it's really humbling because what happens with a lot of intuitives is they start to think they know it all. And there's no way for us to do that. People were close to, because we have their energy and we're in it, it's a lot easier to pick up on other people's things like that. And that's why sometimes you get called the know-it-all in your family. Um, and then they get mad because you do know it all, but it, you know, but, but even it's, so, it's their life experience. It's not like your intuition is for your life experience. Exactly. Exactly. And so that's an important thing to recognize that when you're building your intuition, because another way that we deny our intuition is by putting our intuition on other people and thinking we know what's best for them. Right. So it's also codependence. It's also codependent. Very so many words for these things. There yeah, is, there really is. It's different languages. And that's another thing that I'm, I'm reckoning, like the cultural languages. I can speak the same philosophy in like three or four different cultural languages to help people understand that at the end of the day, it's up to you to listen to your intuition, to build that relationship of trust, because trust is not, it's not about just, Oh, I trust you. No trust is, 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 
a relationship. Trust can be given and trust can be taken away. If you say you're going to do something and then you don't do it, you broke that bond of trust. I'm not going to, I'm not going to like send you off because one time, but like, if you continue in that pattern, okay, well, let's have a conversation, right? Because there's, there's inauthenticity in that. Yeah. There's the ethics of it. Right. Exactly. And so we want to make sure that we are following through with what it is. And it's hard, you guys, this, like, I, I, when I talk about it, it sounds so easy. Like, yeah, just listen to your intuition, but like, it's challenging. It's challenging when you really are like contemplating leaving your career and your intuition's like, no, go back to school, do it, do it, do it. But your friends or family are telling you, no, that's crazy. You're already so into your career, blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, that's difficult. And at the end of the day, don't let other people's fears stop you from following your heart and following your dream and listening to what's best for you. Too many women stay in horrible situations with abuse, uh, not just women, everyone does. Um, but they stay in these situations with people because their egos are, well, what are you going to do without them? Who's going to take care of the kids? What's going to, you have nowhere to go. You have no family, but, and it's just repeated. So it's like, you know, and that's what we start to believe. And so when we start listening to ourselves and developing that intuition, you build resiliency. And as you build that resiliency and you know, that's when you start to know yourself and you know what you don't know, and you don't know what you don't know. And that's when you begin to build that strong front and have an open heart. And you can not just move in the communities that you're safe and comfortable in, but you can move out in the world and face that type of adversity and things like that. Powerful. It's a, it sounds like it's a practice. It's a practice and it never stops because you can get to the point. Like I'm, I'm at this point where like my intuition is, I just listen to my intuition to get me places and lot and science and logic and all those things. I'm a huge integrator of practices. Um, and it's, it's like at any moment that I stop listening to my intuition, my whole life would crash because my whole life has been built upon me trusting myself up until this point. Right. So the past six years has been, so my real like start was when I started at sweet hot, which is the Southwest Institute of healing arts back in 2015. That's when I really acknowledged that I was on a healing journey and that I was like in this space, because up until then I was like, I just want to be a yoga teacher. And it was all career driven. And that's when I started realizing like, Oh, I'm healing. I didn't know what I was healing from or what was going on or what was causing all of this until 2019. And then when I acknowledge that, that's when everything shifted. So I could stop listening to my intuition. That feels so wrong in my body to even say it though. And it's just like, but like, I can't, there's no way I can't. Cause I know that that's the only way for me. And I'm sure many other people to live a truly happy and authentic life. Doesn't mean you're not sad. Doesn't mean shit doesn't hit the fan. Doesn't mean things don't go wrong. It does. It does. And that's, well, and that's also part of hitting the spiritual trust and spiritual muscle and growing it because the more we lean in, we cultivate that relationship with the trust and the, okay, I don't, I don't understand why this is going on and it's triggering. And at the same time, I know that there's this bigger picture and I'm going to lean into the trust, but it is a muscle that you have to grow but when you grow it, the ebbs and flows don't feel so like big. Gigantic. Yeah. It's almost like you become more okay with living in the duality of the world as it is. And you can trust that I can't, I can only see what's in front of me and I can't see what's beyond 
what's beyond my mind, my thoughts, this present moment. But I know that I have the trust to know that this just means that there's something else in line. And I'm, and that brings you back into flow versus the fighting or the resisting or holding on to fear. Very, I love that very much. So exactly. Yeah. It's just life doesn't become so dramatic <laughs> and because, yeah. because what happens is, is so like, you realize like, you summed it up well. your, right. So like, if you're on your healing journey still, and that's everyone's on one. Um, but if you, if you can get to that place where, and you make that devotion to heal the thing that causes you to have to be on the healing journey in the first place, which is not being born, which is, you know, there's a million different things that could have made you go on this thing, but there's, and there's an integration of many things that continue to cause it. But I think for a lot of people, there's one thing that happens that then every, that takes control. And then everything else is in response to that thing that has taken control. And so if you can find that thing through the healing journey, you won't find it by looking for it. It will become aware to you by starting where you're at and healing where you're at right now. And the problems you have in your life right now, by choosing to address those and be accountable to not letting your life suck anymore and actually being accountable to yourself and wanting to do the intuitive work of listening to your intuition and doing those practices, the onion will peel back and you will eventually get to that place. Once you do that, you realize there's this freedom. So my whole life, this whole spiritual business I'm in, the Goddess Leadership Academy, the soul stylist, which I love the soul stylist. That's who I'm like, that's me. That's who I'm really meant to be. But I realized this recently. All of this was because of the trauma I experienced at 14. And I can't look back. I can't go back. I'm not angry. I have to, at this point, I'm like, what the fuck ever? I'm over it. Like, I'm so done with this. I'm so done with this. I'm, I'm ready to explore who the girl I was, was before all this bullshit happened. Because if that moment didn't happen, who knows? I have no idea. I can't speculate on where or what my life would have been like, but that moment changed the direction of my life. It changed how I operated. It changed what I was interested in. It changed how I showed up in the world. And now that that doesn't have that control, I'm like, well, who am I? And I realize it's like, it's everything I was before that incident. When I think about what am I interested? What brings me joy? What do I have the most fun doing? It's all of those things before that incident. So now I'm exploring as an adult with all of these gifts and tools and coping mechanisms and this trust and faith in my intuition and this knowing that I'm a spiritual being and this limit unlimited potential. I'm doing everything that I wanted to do and was dreaming about when I was 13, 14 years old as a 31 year old with no fucking fear or care for what other people think. It's a magical place to be. It is. Freedom. What are the practices? I want to ask you more about the soul styles, but pause on that. What are the practices that help you ground into your tuition intuition ground into yourself? Is there like daily things that you do? Um, and, or I, it's probably going to be an individual process for everybody. Right. But what are some, some indications, what's your process and what are some indications of the process for others to develop their own, um, daily guide to connecting with their intuition? I love this. Okay. So these practices are available to everybody. Okay. So these are things that I do that I have developed 
a lot over the past several years that have helped me to understand who I am more as a person. So journaling, I know it sounds super basic. It is the best practice. 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 Or if you're not a writer, speak into your phone and record voice notes. And I can't get behind this practice enough because what this does is it filters out all of the noises, all of the other voices. You just put it down. You literally write, I have nothing to write. I have nothing to write. I have nothing to write. You just write whatever pops into your head to clear the space out. Okay. So people go, I'm bad at meditating. Well, do you journal with your meditation practice? Because journaling is going to get everything out. So you can sit there in silence. And then when those thoughts come in, you're able to say, oh, no, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. Because you've already done a pre-practice of dumping your thoughts onto paper, right? Also though, you have exactly, you're creating the space. You're creating the space. So like people who just sit in meditation, there's lots of people who just do that. But what I've recognized and I've observed from being in this world of healing and well-being and spirituality for the past couple of years, past like almost six years, seven years now, um, is that it's all integrated. (laughs) Like, like the people who are meditating are also journaling and vice versa. And it's like, meditation does not belong to anyone. Everybody has the power to meditate. You don't have to be a spiritual person. Like, and also I want to separate spirituality from new age lifestyle. Those are two very different things, right? Like you don't have to play singing bowls and do yoga and all these things to be a spiritual person. That is a chosen new age lifestyle. You don't have to do astrology or spirit. Like you don't have to do any of that. Your intuition is not connected to any of those things. Your intuition is yours. Yeah. So that is something is within you. Exactly. It's not not defined by anything else. It's the conduit to what's already there and it's inside ourselves. Yes, exactly. So it's like, if your intuition comes in and is like make puppet gnomes or, or play music or draw children's books or go work at a zoo or, you know, you know, work at McDonald's, like whatever, whatever, just do what feels right for you. That is going to be the number one thing is to listen to your intuition, but back to journaling. This is how you get there (laughs) is that start journaling, start, start journaling out, just brain dumping, give yourself a five minute practice. Everyone has five minutes. I do it when I'm on the couch after watching Netflix or before watching Netflix, you know, what is your night routine after dinner look like? Can you add in five minutes of journaling there? Right. When you wake up in the morning, can you add in five minutes of journaling, you know, being in your car before you walk into the office, can you give yourself two minutes there? It doesn't have to be this big, scary, start with a minute. That's fine. Start with just writing down. I am grateful for today. One thing that's fine, but just getting yourself in a practice where you are being with yourself. Okay. I know this is going to be really scary for extroverts. You have to even, well, it doesn't, it doesn't like, I would want to add on to that where it could even be a walking practice. Totally. Take a five minute walk around your block when you wake up or before you go in your house, when you get home from work, where you're reflecting and you're conscious, you're like, you're consciously bringing your mind back to the present moment so that you're building the awareness of, wait, where is my brain going? What am I saying? What? Okay. I'm going to come back to the present moment. Um, Cause that's, that spending time with yourself and doing the process. So it doesn't have to look or be a certain way, make it your own as long as it gets done. It is. And then here's like, so the, the extroverts being scary. So you just have to be with yourself. The whole, the whole thing is that if you don't trust your intuition and you're not listening to your intuition, then 
you probably don't spend authentic time with yourself, right? You're probably doing things with other people or spending time alone and being miserable in your time alone together or not understanding or being sad in your time alone um, or whatever. There's a million ways that we pretend we're happy when we're not and pretend that we're listening to our intuition when we're not. Mm -hmm. So when you start deciding that this is what you're going to do and you're going to commit and devote yourself to creating your most vibrant life and listening to your intuition and, and allowing your true voice to come through, it's about spending time with yourself. It's about learning, you know, so maybe you go to yoga, you know, yoga is a great place to go and be by yourself. I use, when I first started practicing, I didn't talk to anybody. I had no, and I just wanted to go and be you're on my mat and sweat and leave. You're and like people too. And you're around other people. But that was my time where I got to have someone tell me, and I just got to be in my body and learn what was happening in my body. So a physical practice, some type of a physical practice where you are learning to attune to what is happening in your body, right? So when you know what's happening in your, every emotion you feel shows up physically in your body. So a lot of people think, oh, I'm really anxious. I'm really afraid when really it's like, actually you're a little bit nervous and probably more excited and you get to choose what that reaction is going to be when you get attuned to your body. Right. So I know I have a very specific when my, when I'm into, when I'm like picking up intuition, there is just an explosion that happens in my heart where it's like, sometimes I'm like, Oh, okay. Like this is, this is a thing that I'm, I'm meant to engage with and to learn more about, because this just like goes wide open when I'm speaking with you heart wide open. Like there's no, veils. There's like, I am here. This is the most authentic. Everything I'm saying is the most authentic version of my experience and, and the studies that I have done, um, to learn about intuition and the science of intuition and, and be in a space where we can learn to have our own voice. Because if you don't have your own voice where you trust it, then every voice that you're speaking out in the world is inauthentic in some way. And so when you start doing this work, <laughs> yeah, it's hard to reckon with, like you have to acknowledge that you are being inauthentic first in order to get on an authenticity journey. Recognize the discord. Yes. Yes. And it's like, and it's, you're holding all of these tensions and you're doing all of this work as you're still living life, which is why everything you're doing inside journaling, meditating, going for walks, um, you know, physical exercise, all a physical exercise with the intention of understanding what's happening in your body. I'm not talking anatomy and biology. I'm talking about when I lift my left arm up, Ooh, that stretch feels really good. Ooh, it's really tight in here. What does that mean? Why, you know, what does that feel like if I squeeze it? Oh, it releases it. Okay. Huh. So I know when I get a really bad pain in the back of my shoulder, I know why that's happening now. Right. Like I, and this is part of my yoga training, but also the intuitive yoga training that I've done where it's dropping in. Okay. When you feel this and we're talking about your relationship with your boss or something like, how does that feel in your arm? Does it feel tight? Does it feel tension? And it's like, you literally think your way through the stories you're telling yourself as you're moving your body to understand, okay, I just thought about my dad. Ooh, I just got this pain in the back of my right ear. Like what's happening there? What is the tension here? Let me massage it out as I work through this tension I'm having with my father in my head or journaling it out. Right. So it's these very connected practices, but attuning to your body through a physical practice, journaling, meditating, walking, writing. And this is, this is the big one. Okay. Drum roll, drum roll, doing what scares you the most. Ah! You want to hyperdrive your way into intuition. 
go pick up that guitar, go take that music lesson, go get that art class, go take that pottery class, go see a therapist, go re-enroll in school, drop out of school, quit your job, get a new job, ask for the promotion. What the fuck ever it is for you that you know you want to do, go do that. Free from the expectation of what it's going to result as on the other side. Because you might be like, yeah, I really want to quit my job. And you quit your job and you're free or you go into fear. And that is where the work is. You followed your intuition of quitting your job. It's what you really wanted. And now, oh my God, I'm free, but I'm also freaking out. Work through the freak out. What is the freak out? Why am I this freaked out? What are the stories I've been telling myself would happen if I quit my job? Am I going to lose my house? Am I going to lose my kids? Am I going to, is everything going to fall apart? Like, no, it's not. That's the story we tell ourselves. So when we, you want to hyperdrive intuition, do the thing, do the thing, and then be with the result and see how you react to it. Yes. Those are, that's the cues, the keys that tell us like, oh, this is where I'm living in my false story. And this is where I can up level and grow. And Lacey Phillips, are you familiar with Lacey Phillips? I know the name. Okay. Yeah. She does TBM to be magnetic. She's her own podcast and her own um, version of the work and an app. But she talks a lot about how when we say no and or jump off a cliff, that's the most magnetic word ever. And when you do that, like sit back, and just watch, watch the universe work the miracles, but it is scary. And those fears do come up and the stories, but those are such like great. If we could switch our mind, cause we can always choose how we're thinking about things and how we're looking at things. And it all comes down to perspective. If we can switch our mind to, I'm going to become really curious about this. God, I'm getting like chills talking about this. I'm going to become really curious and I'm going to take that childlike curiosity and be like, huh? I'm not going to attach to the feeling. I'm going to examine it and, and see, well, why do I feel that way? What am I telling myself? And then you get those mind-blowing epiphanies and that up level. You just changed, like you just looked at your disbelief or your false belief. And now you can actually do something about it and have more choices. But that also does lead into the spiritual trust portion where it's learning to, to trust yeah, the spiritual trust in yourself, your intuition, but also that the universe is going to meet you there. What practices could you speak to, to help build that aside from continuing to go do the things that scare the shit out of you? Yeah. That's love it. It. So first I would say you don't learn trust. Trust is not learned. Trust is cultivated. Trust mm-hmm. is something that you devote yourself to being in alignment with. So I have trust between me and my partner because we set our boundaries with each other and then we choose to follow through on those boundaries. So we trust each other. If someone breaks that bond of trust by disrespecting a boundary we have set, now the trust is broken. So trust is a two-way street that has to be worked. It's not something you learn. You can't read trust in a book and no trust doesn't work that way. So trust first and foremost, recognize that it's something that is cultivated and built through action and accountability and and accountability. Exactly. So if you're saying you want to build trust with yourself and it's a practice, it's going to take time. When I say it's a practice, it means it's going to take time. Mm -hmm. That's what a practice means. You're, you have to do it over and over again in order for you to have the fruits of your labor. So when you're building trust with yourself, well, what are the boundaries that you need to put in place with yourself? 
you need to look at that. Okay. The boundary I need to put in place with myself is that I need to wake up 30 minutes earlier because I'm always 15 minutes late to work to work. Okay. So I'm always late to work. That makes me feel like garbage. It gets me in trouble at work. I don't feel good when I'm late to work, dot, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The boundary I need to set with myself to, to not feel that way because the way I want to feel at work is happy and on time and, and trust with my boss and trust with my coworkers. And like, I'm doing my work, like I'm in integrity with what I said I was going to do means I have to get there 15 minutes early. So I'm going to wake up 30 minutes earlier. So now I could set that boundary with myself, but I can't learn how to just trust to do it. The only way I'm going to build trust with myself is that I follow through and be accountable to that thing of waking up early and getting to work 15 minutes early. And that's it. That, that, that's it. That's it. And now there will be more difficult things that you have to do. Like, okay, this week I'm, I'm going to drink LaCroix instead of like soda, right. Or something. I don't know, but it's, it's recognizing like whatever it is, but that's it. Like it's, it's that simple and that challenging all at the same time. Yes. Oh, the duality again. I love it's paradox. That. It's both. It's all of it. It's a million different. Like if you want to build and develop trust, then you have to do the things that are the hardest for you. The places in your life where you're out of alignment, where you're not doing what you know is best for you. And where are you making excuses? And where are you allowing the stories that other people have told you to keep you in that space or culture, you know, whoever, you know? Yeah. And it's like, and it happens in every walk of life to every person in some way, shape or form. Right. So it's like, you just, that's where it starts and that's where it ends. And like the journaling, all that other stuff we talked about is all in support of you being able to take the scary action. So some people will hear this and be like, yes, I got this. And they'll be able to go. There are people who honestly in the world who don't need this work. Like my stepfather looks at me and he's like, you, you have this awesome career. You've done all these things. He's like, but I don't understand why people need it. He goes, why don't you just do the things that you're going to do? And you say you're going to do. And I'm like, yes old white military man, you are correct. <laughs> You're right. And that's all I say, <laughs> because I can't help him to understand my perspective of like, well, you never letting me do the things that I wanted to do and not telling me why made me not trust myself. Yeah. And not just him, but like, you know, all the things we talked about earlier, like, but that was part of it. Like I wanted to do dance and gymnastics. I got put in sports. <laughs> like there was just, and you know, he loves, my parents love sports. So they let their kids play sports. That's all they knew. They didn't know what that was going to do to me is the little girl who only ever wanted to be a performer on stage. Like, how could they have known that they could have asked, but anyway, neither here nor there. Okay, was, yeah, it happened how it happened. And, you know, I think there's still something to, <laughs> because it is great that were given or demonstrated or shown these traits from other people around us, the ones that can just like do it without thought. But then it's, I don't know, it still begets the question of like, but are you doing like just doing it without thought and then not even thinking about if it aligns with you or not? That's the other side of things. Some people are perfectly happy doing what they're told that's out of alignment with them and, and they build a life out of it and they're fine and they like it. That's the other part of it. Yeah. Yes. Yep. It, and, and, and there is like, there is still value to, 
having these traits demonstrated where people just do it. Or even like growing up, I know that as the eldest, I was made to feel responsible for a lot of things, right? So one of my stories or one of my things can often be like, oh, I feel responsible and I'll use that. And responsibility is a great thing in other ways. Mm -hmm. So these traits have their strengths, but it's almost learning to identify where they don't work for us and where they do work for us. Yeah. Pivoting it and then pivoting it so that you're using it. So it does work for you. Great. I'm responsible. Awesome. That means I can be super responsible to where I want to show up and how I want to show up. But that doesn't mean that I have to be responsible for everything for everyone. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And that's the whole thing is like, I'm not responsible for the world. I'm not responsible for culture. I participate in it. I'm in it. And so the decisions I make do affect it, but I am not responsible for it. I am not the one, you know, and none of us are, we live in the world that we lived on. Like everything has been built upon something else in the past, individually, interpersonally, and transpersonally. Everything has been built upon something else that has already happened before us. And it's how we choose to act on it now. That's going to determine where we end up in the future. And that like, but so if we have people who don't know who they are. They're making inauthentic decisions. They're living inauthentic lives. We're not getting to the true potential of where we could be as a human species and as a world developing if we have people not being who they're meant to be in the world. Yeah. That's so powerful. How do we fix it? (laughs) (laughs) I let that responsibility go a long time ago. (laughs) That is not my, I can't fix shit. Mm Mm-mm. Sorry. I can only do what I believe is best. Yeah. Which be the I believe, change. You know, we can, yeah, be that's the change. probably I'm, the best answer. Be the it is. Be the change. You know, I don't know if Gandhi actually said that. I know there's a lot of memes that go around saying Gandhi actually said that, but I do. I think a lot about him and his nonviolent approach and, and just how to be and continue to be nonviolent um, in ways. And what I realized is that when I was unhealed, when my trauma was in control, I was harming a lot of people. I was harming a lot of people. And the awareness I've had recently is that like, as I step more into my interpersonal work and the bigger work that I'm seeking to do in the world, it's those relationships. Everything is about relationships. And so if you're inauthentic in any relationships right now, That's the place to start looking with your parents, with your sisters, with your brothers, whoever, your partners. It's how are you being inauthentic? And, you know, where do you just say everything's fine when it's not fine? And do you just say it's fine because you don't want to fight? And like, is that the type, is that an authentic relationship where you can't speak just because you don't want to fight, you know? And it's like, who's to say it will even end up in a fight and all these different things. Right. And so again, though, you have to discern like, what is the best route for you based on the life you're living? But if what's what you're doing isn't working, what other possibilities are there? And your intuition will guide you towards those other possibilities that will work for you. But you have to look first, right? You have to be willing to acknowledge and look, right? Acknowledge that inauthentic life that you're experiencing and choosing to live because that's a choice, right? You're deciding to live that life and look at all the ways that it's not working for you. And look at the ways in which it is working for you, because then you're going to have to see where are you going to compromise? 
What do you, you know, all those are parts of it. And this is how victimhood, victimhood. Exactly. This is how we start to live a truly whole life experience. Yeah. Yeah. I love it's by recognizing there are as many realities and perspectives on this planet as there are people. Totally. And you can tap in, you can choose which one you tap into. Mm -hmm. Exactly. (laughs) Power. You have the power, but it has to start with you. You have to claim your own internal power and claim responsibility for everything that you can control, which is you that you're creating around you. (laughs) Yeah. And being accountable and responsible to those who are in your immediate circle and like those people who you're actually connected with, you know, those people that actually bring joy and value into your life and you know, that's a difficult thing with the internet right now and social media and everybody's on social media, but it's like, are those real connections? Like, think about that. Is it, and I know this is where one of my struggles with social media is, and I'm, I just, I love social media. It's an amazing marketing platform. It's an amazing way to do things, but I don't like sitting there. It's inauthentic for me to sit on my phone and be having conversations with people all day long. When I have people right here who are begging for my attention and wanting, you know, between my cats. And now I've got my actual family who just moved here, um, to Arizona. It's like, it's inauthentic for me to be having these deep conversations and these deep experiences with people I've never met when I want to be having those deep conversations with my sisters and my mom and my brother, you know what I mean? And, and my communities that are here. And so I, that's a, that's a scary thing that I've been having to look at is, you know, well, how do I move forward on social media? And because I love having those connections, it's just my capacity for them is lessening as, other things in my life are taking more of a priority. And that's something that came out of COVID and quarantine. Um, Cause I used to be like on my phone and like everywhere buzzing around. And I'm like, I'm much more grounded. Now I understand my priorities. I understand like, these are the things that are most important to me I, that I'm accountable to and that I'm responsible for. And if my intuition is saying that anything outside of these immediate things is going to be detrimental to me being authentic in these spaces. Right. And that's a hard thing to reckon with. Um, but so it's, you know, it's not about being easy. It's about being real and true to it. And the, you know, if you listen, so I pulled back on social media for a while when I was going through all of that, um, cause I realized how it was affecting and that was the authentic thing for me to do. And now as I'm reemerging on social media, it's an entirely different way that I used to participate. So, and it's, it's all had its benefits, yeah. more benefits than detriments. Yep. By following your voice. Yeah. Love it. Well, where, let's talk about the programs you offer, where people can find you, um, the services you're offering, all of it. Yeah, let's do it. So I am a faculty member at the Southwest Institute of Healing Arts. So if you want to learn how to come and develop your intuition and like do it, do the practices, learn the practices. I teach everything about how to connect with your intuition, how to connect to spirits and guides uh, and angels and guardians, how to listen to your true authentic voice, the tools of intuition, such as like divination tools, journaling, like um, meditation. I teach you all these things um, so that you can learn to feel what it is in your body and begin to understand who you are as a, if you want to be a practitioner, who you are as a practitioner. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Right. That's what that third class. So it's a 100 hour program broken down into four classes. So introduction to intuitive guidance. It's great for the first two classes of the program, introduction to intuitive guidance and then um, spirits and guides. Phenomenal for anyone who's looking to connect to their intuition, to learn more about how to trust themselves, to learn about practices that you can do to connect you to your intuition and your authentic voice, these for, and your guides and ancestors, these first two classes of the program are amazing for those, excuse me, for those people who are interested in becoming a a facilitator, a practitioner, someone who supports other people as a business. um, The whole 100 hour would be really spectacular. The third class, I teach you the divination tools, how to make divination tools, how to connect with Oracle and Tarot, astrology. We do kind of like a crash course and all of these different things so that you can learn how your intuition speaks to you, right? So I'm an astrologist. Um, so I do intuitive astrology where I, you book a session with me and I intuitively look at your astrology chart and I look at the aspects and because I have the knowledge of what's happening in the present, even though I don't teach about what's happening in the present, I know it. And then I can integrate those to give you an intuitive reading that is based off conversation and dialogue. Uh, so I teach you how to do that in those programs. Uh, and then there's the business portion of it, of course. So that's at the Southwest Institute of Healing Arts. We have our next round coming up. I b- believe it starts September 10th. Um, so that's an in-person program in Tempe, Arizona um, at Suiha, which you can do all the fun links to that. Uh, and then personally in my business, so that's the soul stylist. I am really stepping into the energy of this. I'm about to get my website updated this coming weekend, um, but you can Yay. find me on Instagram at the underscore soul stylist, uh, Sharon Rose, you'll see me there. Um, but if you're interested in working with me and doing an intuitive astrology session, or just doing an intuitive guidance session where I use possibly tarot or cards or pendulum or the many other tools, um, if you're interested in that, you can just go straight to my uh, linked, not LinkedIn, uh, link tree on my Instagram page. And there's links there. That'll take you to my Calendly and you can just book an appointment. Uh, and I update my calendar for the month at the beginning. So I'm about to release the July calendar on Saturday. Um, and so it all goes out at the beginning of the month. Okay. And I'll put all that in the show notes as well. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Is the goddess leadership Academy website, will that remain the same or is that, will that be changing names? So the Goddess Leadership Academy is going, it'll stay the name, but that is going to be linking under one of my partners uh, hosting called Woven, Woven Mystic. So to access all of the Goddess Leadership Academy curriculum and things that I've been developing for the past six years, that's all going to shift under there. Um, so that if you're a member of Woven Mystic, you'll have access to all of the Goddess Leadership Academy, as well as all of the other teachers that are a part of that community, all of their things as well. So that's going to be really special. That's going to roll out beginning of 2022. Okay. Exciting. Yeah. Yay. Oh my gosh. I was like 2022. That's in like two years. And then like, no, we're in 20, like six months, lady. You got six oh months. Gosh. Let's go. <laughs> 2022 goals. What's up? Yeah. Right. Totally. All right. Well, any last insights or any last bits that's coming through that you'd like to share with listeners? Yeah. Just, just go and do what drives your heart forward. Do the things that scare you. It's worth it. It's challenging, but it's worth it. And you build a backbone and a strong heart when you do the work that scares you. So just keep listening to your heart, follow your intuition and trust that you're fully supported, build the trust with the universe. So, you know, you're fully supported. 
Love it. Trust with the universe and yourself. And yes. Yeah. And what a great note to finish that on because I'm a prime example of, of just that through podcasting, which scared the crap out of me. And great job. <laughs> thank you. All right. Thank you so much for your time. Sharon Rose, I really enjoyed our conversation. So many good things came through and uh, I'll be looking up that Spielheim photo too. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I hope to see you in class. It's going to be great. It's I'm actually redeveloping the whole curriculum right now. So it's all going to be brand new. Love it. Love it. Chills. <laughs> all right. Thank, thank you, so love. Have an amazing rest of your day. Thank you. You too. That's it. Thank you for tuning in to the House of Minds. Cheers to mind expansion and 